Hello there, my name is Jandre and welcome to My Lifeline is Rose. Well, here goes nothing. My first ever actual episode, and today's episode is going to be about a poem I wrote just a few weeks ago called Why Can't You See Me? Why can't you see me? To everyone else's eyes, I am a disappointment. They look at me and they wonder why my mother didn't do anything. They go up to her thinking they have the right to blame my mother for not raising me right. They see my experiences as a queer human as her fault. They see my experiences as a mixed race child as her fault. They see my fight for human rights and animal rights as a plague she set upon me. But what about me? I am my mother's child, and so much more. She has taught and shared with me her beliefs and experiences, and I have taken them and grown with my own. To everyone else, I am a disappointment. But to my mother, I am her child, and she loves me. She loved me through my struggle of discovering my identity as a queer person in a Christian community. She loved me as I came to terms with the mental obstacles the world has for my friends and I, struggling to find a place and a mechanism that allows us to thrive. She listened to me as I discovered the inequalities of the world from a different point of view, and we discussed this over and over, learning something new and agreeing to disagree in solidarity. Because we were both raised with this responsibility to serve our community, offering our voices to speak out for humanity, talking about our experiences, and listening to the experiences of the cultures around us. So when I scream, Black Lives Matter, Queer lives matter. Mental health matters. Climate change calls for human change. Eat the rich. Systemic racism, sexism, classism exist. They are not a plague that my mother bore me. In fact, they're not even all words my mother would say. The only plague placed upon me and you is the structure of our society. Because I am queer, I recognize a history of when people like me were seen as criminals, predators, shamed into hating themselves, shamed into hiding underground to be themselves as well as protect themselves. And though laws have changed, the stigma stays the same. Because I am mixed-raced, I grew up with this knowledge that part of my family will always be treated unfairly because of white privilege. Privilege I have because I pass as white. That there were people who opposed my parents' marriage just because they were of a different race. That my mom's dignity in life is always in danger because of ignorance and prejudice. These are only two parts of my identity which are integral to me. I didn't choose to be different, but I am proud to be me. And you know I'm not alone and that my experiences are shared, but also not definitive for everyone else in these communities. So stop blaming my mother for the disappointment you associate with me. My mother loves me, and so do I. Woo! Well, that was my poem, Why Can't You See Me? Come back next week for more. Bye! No, I'm joking. Don't go, don't go. Unless my voice annoys you. Uh, I, I still have more to say. I actually wrote this poem only a few weeks ago. I wrote it... Uh, not with the intention of sharing it, it was more to get some frustrations out, because throughout my life, there's been a few incidents that I can name where someone has gone up to my mom about me and wondered why she didn't do anything. Like, everything that I'm doing that they think is wrong, they blamed it on her. And this is to do with, like, me being queer, or me 
going out and protesting for human rights. These are things that they have some fundamental issue against that they felt the need to blame my mum my mom for. And so I wrote this poem in this frustration of why can't they see me as an individual? If they have an issue with me, why don't they talk to me? But it also comes to this next issue that I have, like this frustration is, what is fundamentally wrong about what I do? All I want is equal rights. All I want is for people to feel safe about who they are and be proud for being who they are. It, I can't, a, a panther can't change the color of its fur. And I'm using the wrong analogy. I really meant cheetah can't change its spots and a leopard can't change its spots. And I'm going to keep that in there because I am unedited and I make mistakes when I talk and I'm not that eloquent. But that's why I write poems. But it's... It's crazy to me that I still have to fight to be proud of myself. Like, I know in my lifetime I'm still going to be surrounded by racism. I'm still going to be surrounded by homophobia and transphobia, xenophobia, all the phobias. So, but the fact that it's so easy to take on society's disappointment about who I am, mind-boggling. I should be able to be proud of who I am without it being a debate, without my rights being questioned like I'm not a human being. So that's actually what led me to send my mom this poem. I thought that it was the best way to articulate the frustration that we were both feeling in this current moment where Black Lives Matter is so high in the media, but also so high in our personal lives as well. Um... In fact, when I sent it, she was preparing a speech or talk for the local rally that we were going to attend on Black Lives Matter in our local area. Uh, And she had volunteered to speak about her experiences that she had growing up in an apartheid South Africa, as well as sharing some thoughts about how to be a better ally to the community rather than sharing white guilt and frustrations and how we can channel that anger into more productivity in our own lives when we're talking to our friends and family. Um, So she was writing that and when she read my speech she realized that it actually fit in quite well with one of the stories that she was going to tell. So that's what I'm going to do now. I'm going to tell you one of her stories about her experience in South Africa. One that I remember hearing so many years back and being like, wait, what? Really? The story I'm going to tell is based in the late 90s, so it's only been a few years since apartheid South Africa had been abolished, and so therefore attitudes were still high, and that's when my parents started to date. My mom is a mixed-race woman, and my dad is white, and only a few years ago, their relationship would have been illegal. They would have been put in jail or forced out of the country for even thinking about being together. So... Now you've got cut to a few years later where it is legal. You've still got people around them who have this attitude that hmm, maybe they shouldn't be together. And after a few months of dating, someone went to my dad and said, you know that if you choose to stay with her, marry her, have children with her, you're choosing a life of difficulty for yourself and your children. Let me reiterate. Someone went to my dad and said if he married a person of color, his children will have a difficult life. 
But if he chose to marry someone who was white, his children would be fine. But no matter who my mother marries, whether she marries someone who is white, whether she marries someone of the same race, whether she marries someone who is black, her children will always have a life of difficulty. What's wrong with that sentence? Everything. That conversation was the highest extent of white privilege. That being white, you're naturally going to have a slightly better life because you're not going to be discriminated because of your skin color. You could ha- you'll face other difficulties for sure, mental health, job complications, other prejudices, but not because of your skin color. And recognizing that and then choosing to avoid those race issues that shouldn't be an issue. That's an issue (laughs) to be repetitive. This is why I use the words, to everyone else I am a disappointment. People will look at a child who is a person of color, who is black, who is mixed raced, and just see the life of difficulty that they're going to have simply because of their skin color. And yet they will ignore that racism exists. They will, they, will, they will blame that child's mother for, their li- for the difficulties in life that they'll face, but they won't blame the structural system that allows racism to thrive. It doesn't make sense to me. I just, I feel emotional thinking about it because it, (sighs) we say we live in a one race, the human race, but how can we do that when everything, when all the odds are stacked against our children who aren't white? Now, I am by no means an educational activist. I am here sharing my thoughts and my feelings on this platform um, about my experiences as a queer person and as a mixed-race child. I feel there is a lot of power in being able to share an emotional connection with someone. I know that I am not alone in my thoughts and my feelings, and I want other people to know that they're also not alone. So I hope that everything that I've said today has been somewhat inspiring, enlightening, or just interesting to listen to, and that my voice hasn't gotten too much on your nerves. (laughs) Um, I did a take where I completely digressed and said, oh, I want to be a cat. And I was like, why do I want to be a cat? I am not a furry. Uh, Oh yeah, I said something about nine lives or something. It was a bit crazy, and I'm probably making myself crazier by talking to myself all the time. So, thank you for listening, guys. I I plan on bringing more to you. I have a few other poems in the inventory that I would love to share, and, and... let you know my thoughts behind them even though art is up to interpretation and I want you to interpret the poems in whatever way you wish and so please but yeah silence well done hallelujah
once again, thank you for listening to this first episode of My Lifeline is Rose. I am a new podcaster, I'm awkward, and I make mistakes, but I am here to talk my thoughts out and share my ramblings. So if you enjoyed this, please like and share with your friends. Word of mouth is the best way to spread a podcast, but also on your social media. Um, I am welcome to constructive criticism, and, and I will put any of my other social media down in the description. Thank you for listening. This podcast was brought to you by Jean Dre. And remember, kids, abolish the police!